Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Saved and Such. We got a lot going on. I hey, uh, what's popping? We got kids sleep. <laughs> <laughs> we got a, we got people new on the show. It's a lot going on. She's not new. <laughs> She's new. Oh, no, no. But yeah, let's jump on into it, man. First, we now I mean we big um on mental health here. I was on Saved and Such, so we gonna go ahead and ask everybody how they doing. One out of 10, 10 being the best, one being the least. Speaking of mental health, shout out to Murray, who's killing it, man, in the mental health game right now. Proud Me of too. <laughs> and my sis over here. Killing it right now. We're going to go ahead and start with you, Krista. How you doing? One out of 10. Ooh. Today started at a humble five. But because I know my power and the dominion that I got, I raised my level up to a good humble nine. Mm-hmm. Her. Amen. How about you? Um, I would say I'm like a nine answer. Okay. It's a good day today. It's a good day. I'm proud of you. I almost shut it to you. You got a new job, promotion, new money. Let me hold yeah. $20. I'm crying. It was my last day working at the psych ward. Yeah. Yeah, if y'all know, y'all know. It was time to go. Baby was being abused. Yeah. I was definitely being abused. I was in a domestic <laughs> violence situation, hostile working environment. It's not funny. But yeah, God is good. God He's is good. Brought me mighty long way. How about you, brother? I appreciate you asking me, sister. I'm probably, <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably about a, I'm about a, I'm about a ten a day. I ain't gonna lie to you. I, I'm at a ten. I've been in Jesus' face last couple of days. <laughs> me and me and Sean um, got a good prayer session in the studio last night. Mm-hmm. So you know, what I mean, it felt real good. Felt real powerful. Mm-hmm. So my right of me got my youngin on here. Um. I would say about an eight. Okay. Uh, yeah, I would say about an eight. I'd say about an eight. Been busy, keeping myself busy. I started dance again. Okay. My Hang it down. What's happening? So, no, I just be messing with <laughs> moves, but yeah, I'd say eight. Okay. 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 I love yeah. that. That's good. Sounds like we're all in high and good spirits. Mm-hmm. Amen. That's good, Annie. Amen. Amen. For those who don't know, this is Alexis. Alexis is new to the team. Everybody say, hey, Alexis. Hey, hey Alexis. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Alexis is the, so, the new social media analyst um, as well as an extra host. She also, you'll definitely be seeing us part of Save and Such. But let's just jump into it. You know what I mean? Save and Such, we did a whole rebranding, did something completely new um, over our sabbatical. And um, things that God put on my heart is he wants us to do uh, episode series. Um, and this okay. first one that we're jumping into is called Being Broken. Being broken, all right. So this is the episode series that we're in, and this episode is called "Take It All Away," all right. Take <laughs> it all away. Um, inspired actually by the Maverick City song "Take It All Away." I don't know if you heard it. It's a great song, powerful song, right? But yeah, man. Um, let's go ahead and get into the word. Powerful word, amen. Amen. I feel like we at church. Amen. <laughs> that man's a preacher. Low key, right? Ike. I'll be coming. Thank you, sister. You, you know what? <laughs> I'll be coming out of Job 1, 13 and 22. out of the message. out of the message version. Um, and it reads, sometimes later, while Job's children were having one of their parties at the home of the oldest son, a messenger came to Job and said, the oxen were plowing and the donkeys grazing in the field next to us with Sabine's attacked. They stole the animals and killed the field's hands. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, bolts of lightning struck the sheep 
and the shepherds and fried them, burned them to crisp. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, Childings, coming from the from three directions, raided the camels and massacred, massacred the camel drivers. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. While he was still talking, another messenger arrived and said, your children were having a party at the home of the oldest brother when a tornado swept in off the desert and struck the house. That's crazy. It collapsed on the young people and they died. I'm the only one to get out alive and tell you what happened. Job got to his feet, ripped his robe, shaved his head, then fell to the ground and worshipped. Naked I came, naked I came from my mother's womb. Naked I returned to the womb of the earth. God gives, God takes, God's name be ever blessed. Not once, not once through all this did Job sin. Not once did he blame God. Amen. Amen. The story of Job. I would start off. I would say in that scripture. What is um? Just after hearing that, that scripture of that part of that sermon, not part of that sermon, part of that scripture. What is something like you picked up on, or something that you like hit your spirit? Oh, that's a disaster can come sudden. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I think overall, when I think about the whole book of Job, for more so, what I kind of see is there are certain things that will be allowed to take place in your life that will not always make sense. But when you look at things for like a growth perspective, it kind of reveals, well, it doesn't even kind of, it reveals what's within you. And so through the testing of Job and through the days that passed on, more and more was being pulled out of him. Because as we know that before it happened, he said, have you, have you thought about my servant Job? Right. And he says, well, you have a hedge of protection on him. So, of course, he's not going to go against you. Okay, so if I take this hedge of protection, who do you serve? And so it reveals what's in your heart when you go through these challenges. It really shows you what's in you, what you're really made of. So it's like, okay, you know how we we submerge ourselves into the word. We're always doing what we got to do to grow spiritually. So then when a test happens, it's like it's squeezing. And what's on the inside of you is what's going to come out. Mm-hmm. And so that's how I kind of look at that. Sometimes he will allow these things to show you what's in your heart, to show you what you're made of, right. and to show you some things that you might not even know was there, but also to grow you. I also think about how he says that with the um, branches, that he would prune you prune the branches so that mm-hmm. it will grow more fruit. Sometimes we got to go through the cutting process and even right. that hurts, but it's in order to grow you and to strengthen you even the more. Mm. You, yeah, that was you it. You got to preach now. Yeah. You know, that's my time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm st- I, I've been on my Zoom. And when I say that, I mean, I've been in my word reading it. And it's funny because everything she said, I'm like, yeah, 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 because I've been in my Zoom, you know. But that's a personal goal for me. But no, I I read over, you know, the the full context and just how you've explained it, and it's almost it's very easy to question God. It's very easy because when you read this, you like if you're not in tune with God and how He does things and how he really operates, I could look at this and be like, why would you? Why would God make it be so drastic, though? Like, all his kids? <laughs> you don't think that was a bit much? But 
whatever God takes what he plans to give back tenfold, a hundredfold. And that's not to say that he'll, you know, give him a million kids back, but whatever he takes away, he'll replace. And it's like, I I feel like I felt this when I was going through my breakup. Mm. And mm. for something as serious as this, I hate to compare it to a breakup, but really that was my, that was what did it for me. Yeah. Like for some people it's their family situation. For some people it's, you know, whatever, they, whatever else they're experiencing, but I realized in that time that I was only calling on God and depending on God when I needed him the most and not when everything was going right and when everything was good. And so for Job to be tested in a way, for, for, for Satan to even know who Job was and how he carried himself when it came to God and how he worshiped him relentlessly and never questioned him or did anything like that, it was he had to ask God's permission to even touch him. And I find that cr- he's tired. <laughs> and, I, and I find that crazy because it's like, you know, as much as if Job is perfect or blameless, as God said, and I'm not near that at all, and God still protects me and still keeps Satan off my back, it's like I can't do nothing. I can't question him because I ain't even experienced that. And God's still been good to me. Mm-hmm. He still keeps me and makes sure that I'm protected and guarded. Mm-hmm. So, I like that you said seeing things with a spiritual lens. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's something that we can all benefit from. And I like to call it consciousness because I just recently learned that consciousness is another word for spirit. And so when we raise in consciousness and we can see things through a more spiritual lens, it gives a better truth to what's going on around us. Because that sounds crazy. A tornado? Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> a tornado, a fire? Like, like, what is this? Geez. But when you can see stuff on a higher level and mm-hmm. within the spirit, I think that's amazing. Mm-hmm. For sure. I think for me, the thing that, that touched my spirit the most is after everything that happened, he went into worship. Mm-hmm. And that's so key because that's something that I'm learning to do. It's like, how y'all saying, see things from a spiritual uh, perspective, you know what I mean? And realizing that you really got to give God praise no matter the circumstance, no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. And it's easy to say outside looking in like, man, just pray, just, you know what I mean? Just worship, just read your word when like you're really hurting, you're really in pain, you know what I'm saying? And Job was with a, a place of God that he was so humbled that he knew, like, no matter what I lose, that no matter what I go through, like, I know who I know who I serve. Mm-hmm. I know why I'm doing all this. Mm-hmm. I know what my purpose is. You know what I mean? And our purpose as Christians is to serve God. You know what I mean? Our body is a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Job, he got all that by spending time with God. You know what I mean? And like you said, um, he had to get permission. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The devil had to get permission from God. So right. that's how special Job was, man. So it, it definitely, like, takes you to another place of humility, mm-hmm. I would say, mm-hmm. yeah. in my opinion. How about you? Thanks, <laughs> big leg. Thanks. Um, everything that you guys said, but, like, <laughs> all tied together, mm-hmm. of course. But I feel like everything I've been listening to lately, like other podcasts and then stuff that, like, my mom taught me even growing up that, you know, 
it's always like spiritual, you know, you always like don't see it from a flesh point of view, but see that it's like warfare, like in the spiritual realm. Mm -hmm. And that's so true because if that all happened to me, like when I was reading it and when you was going over it, I was just like, dang, dang, again. Yeah. <laughs> and y'all know, I like, started to make the joke, but that, you know what I mean? I'd be like, double homicide. Yeah. That's the first <laughs> thing I thought <laughs> I was like, because just, I would just, oh, where I'm at right now in my life, like, I feel like I would fall apart. <laughs> and the first thing I don't think of is like, oh, I don't like God. It's always like a why not to just worship God. So I really like, I, I like the, seeing that, that that's the first thing he went to, not just questioning, just worshiping God. And I feel like even this podcast that I was listening to, they were talking about a lot of people appreciate the like the promise or the blessing that God gives, but never like God himself. Like they get so caught up in like the blessing that God has given them and all the things that surrounding them. But they forget that it's God that's given it to them. Right. Because if God was never to bless you with anything else, are you still worship him? Like, mm-hmm. if you mm-hmm. praying for a car, but God doesn't give you the car. So what now? Like, I feel like me? that's really the lesson I kind of got from this. You know, continue to worship God for who he is, not what he's giving you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think... You want to say something? Okay, I think um, I just wanted to note that as we go further into the book of Job, from my perspective, he did start complaining. But I think it's very beautiful that even in his questioning, well, not even complaining, but he was questioning. Questioning. And you can see that he was verbally upset. But God still said he did not sin against him. God still said that I, I think I don't know the full connection that I'm trying to make. But it's something that when I read Job that I always take into consideration that my humanness still has room. Mm -hmm. That I still have space to feel. And God is still so good even in that. Because we get, like you said, sometimes I ask God why. He's not afraid of your questions. Mm -hmm. He's not afraid of your human emotions. (laughs) He wants you to ask questions. Yes, he wants you to fully experience this life, but with him. And let him guide you for he's the good shepherd. And touching, Y'all in my mind. And touching on that, as far as you... Wait, what did you just say? He's the good shepherd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was something she said. But um, Joe, how he got naked and he was vulnerable with God. Mm-hmm. I think that that was so key as well. Because like that's where I'm at right now. Like I'm, I'm more vulnerable with God than like I've ever been. Yeah. Like I'm asking questions. Like I'm really saying like how I feel. Like I, I didn't really used to do all that. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in a place of, of prayer, in a place of... You know what I mean? When you in pain, broken heart, asking, you know what I mean, confused, not really knowing, you know what I mean, what's really going on, you kind of learn like God really wants you to be vulnerable with him. You know what I mean? And in that state of mind. So. Mm-hmm. 100%. I've, I've, I have, and I say this to people all the time, like when someone passes away or, you know, whatever happens, people always like, now they say you're not supposed to question God. But I like what y'all both said because y'all both was in tune. Mm. And... Literally, he didn't say God never, he didn't say Job never questioned God. He said Job never blamed God. And I feel like that's important, an important distinction to make, which y'all have also made. But um, like you said, God wants us to seek him out. He wants us to not go find the answers in someone else, mm-hmm. a prophet, 
Okay. <laughs> he wants us to seek him. He mm-hmm. and just like you said in um John 14, he said, Those that love me will keep my commandments and obey my teachings. Those that don't love me won't do that. Mm-hmm. They'll lean to their own understanding. And so to me, because Job loved God and he worshiped God relentlessly, he literally, you know, kept his commandments and obeyed his teaching. He knows that. In order for God to, you know, hear him, he has to worship. In order for God to, you know, continue to be who he's been to him and continue to give him the riches and the things that he had, he has to worship and he has to really serve God relentlessly. And yeah. it's crazy. That's that's a, a serious test. Did you notice that there was a boundary line, though? Yeah. His wife was trying to get him to curse God and die. It's always the woman. <laughs> no, right? But I think that was so beautiful to me as well now that I'm thinking about it. Because as we're talking about, yeah, I have these human emotions. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I have these questions and I go to God and I'm vulnerable and I'm naked. But there is a boundary line that I draw. Mm -hmm. And that's where that fear of God comes in. No, I'm not going to curse God. No, I'm not going to forsake God. No, I'm not going to go against God, even in my most human emotion. Mm. He even said, Satan said he has a reason. He has a good reason to fear you mm. and and when he said when when they talk about fear they're not saying like scared it's more like a reverence a reverence respect. yeah like i you know i'm i uh reverence respect. you like i revere yeah. you and with that i feel like lost it <laughs> crazy but no that's how, that you can compare that to like a natural parent and son relationship my son believe it or not oh no it's probably not hard to believe this is he's such a good kid he listens he's very respectful and even with his many questions which I make space for because it's their way of learning and making sense of the world Mm -hmm. he has such a level of respect for me Mm -hmm. that when I speak and when I say something he does it almost immediately like people come up to me and they're like hey Jeremiah said that he can't do something because you told him and he's out of my sight. Mm -hmm. But there's that level of respect that he holds for my word that my mom said no. So even if she's not right here, I'm saying no. You're such a good kid. That's lovely. That's so lovely. Let me ask this question. Why do you think in our journey, in our walk with God, why do you feel like we have to go through that pruning or that cutting process? Starting with, you want to start with Alexis? Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm playing. Uh, yeah, we said what you do. Repeat the question. I got you. How do you, why do you feel like in our journey with God, do we go through like the pruning, the cutting, the broken process? Um, well, I feel like anyone who's a Christian, you know, like it says, like you have to take up the cross too. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it's just a part of, your walk, like walking by faith and not by sight with God, that it's all a test, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it does make sense. 100%. I just feel like, you know, it's something it, you have to do to grow because each with each test, you know, you're growing closer to God, you're growing your relationship, you're growing your faith because, you know, as like, if something like with the story with Job, this is like all a test for him. Like yeah. if, this isn't no ordinary thing. It's all spiritual. This thing's happening for a reason, to build up his faith, to build up his relationship with God. Mm-hmm. So. 
Okay, sister. You call her big legs? Big legs. <laughs> um, I feel like how we learn as people and how we learn as yeah, people and humans is very logical. Like it's a it's a step by step. And so the same way we look at like sports or like why people work out to be able like athletes train to be able to do certain things with their body. Yeah. We train in the spirit and we get pruned in the spirit and and cut and healed in the spirit so that we can do certain things in our anointing and in our calling. And that doesn't take a baby Christian, that takes a big Christian. And so in order for us, just like, you know, get into the league, that don't take a little man, that take a big man. Yeah. And he has to go through that, those workouts, that training to get, oh, I'm getting hot, that to... <laughs> To literally break his body, break his body down, build it back up, and do it all over again just to get to that point to be able to run through somebody or, you know, run a touchdown, catch a ball at all these fast speeds. And it's the same thing. I got to be a big Christian, so God has to constantly break me down and build me back up, break me down and build me back up because he knows that what I have is a lot to bear, but he gave me the strength to do it. But it started in my shaping and my, and my pruning process. Literally, pressure creates diamonds. That's so good. Sheesh. Yeah. What's got into you? Yo, I really started getting hot. Seriously, like, started sweating. Ah, I love that. That's so good. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, I guess I would say from the lens in which I can see it is that I think about how God tells us, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. Mm-hmm. He knew you. So there's a version of you that existed before you ever touched this earth. And so I think about how God, through the cutting and through the shedding and the molding and all of the pressure, it's to release what was what has been added through our human experiences mm-hmm. to get us back to the design in which he said, I knew you. Yo, <laughs> that's <a> go crazy. <laughs> and so I think that's something so profound because like I talk about our experiences, we can't control the environment in which we grew up. We can't control the way that it affected us, the human experiences that wounded us, that made us and molded us into the version that we were before we came into the revelation. Oh, I am called. And so we have to go through the process and the shedding of healing those experiences, taking off what no longer belongs, which is a defect to the design, the original design of which I was called. And so I believe that God takes us to that through that process to show you you. When he said that I wrote your name, your name is written in the books of heaven. I like hearing y'all talk, man. Y'all some preachers. We got three preachers on the show. Four. Oh. Come on, you're acting yours now. Go ahead, Rick. Oh. Big Rick. Oh, wait, wait. Before you go there, right. let me just say that God is so good. Amen. And he's so good. And I'm trying to keep my composure because I'm really getting hot. But literally, when you just started talking about getting back to the original design, I lied to you. Not the theme of the weekend. On Friday, on Saturday, and Sunday, I've been in church and I've been in worship the entire weekend. And that's very different for me. Literally, at the conference, her theme was returning back to Eden. Sunday in church, his theme was getting back to the you before you. And all they were talking about was getting back to God's original design for you. Mm. And it's so clear to me what God is trying to say to me. Like, I I can't take it. Oh, my God. Let the tears flow, boo. I'm going to sit down. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I would say 
Um, the Book of Romans came back in my mind. Uh, Brittany's episode, shout out to her. Um, that all things... That's what I said. Okay. <laughs> all things work together, you know what I mean, for our good. Yeah. You know what I mean? The trials, the tribulations, the heart, the heartbreaks. I, I think I just said this before, but just like that, that, that growing, for me personally, I can just talk uh, on me, what I'm going through. Like, I'm kind of learning in this season to, like, walk in authority. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm kind of learning, like, who I am, like, in the spirit. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm getting, like, more confident than ever before. Because, like, I, I'm big, like, you see me big physically, right? But, like, when I look in the mirror, I don't see myself, like, big in the spirit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I see myself still kind of as that, that, that kid that still going to Bible studies with his grandmother, that little boy. You know what I'm saying? But not even realize that God's kind of shaped me and molded me and pulled me in this direction and that direction for me to be where I'm at today. So just learning how to uh, not be confident in myself, but knowing that I can be confident who I am because of him. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So definitely, man, God is, God is great. Amen. Anybody got anything else? No. Jesus. Jeremiah, you guys something? <laughs> you did um, a good job. What strength? Um, I'm trying to figure out how to access the strength that we get in worshiping God while being broken. How do we feel about that? Peace, peace of mind. That's what I get. I feel like in the season I am right now. I've been very, and it's always happens like around the fall time. Mm-hmm. Like I get in a certain mood, I get a little down, but also like with everything going on. And I feel like I'm at the point where I know I should be pulling on God right now, but it's something that always comes to mind that I always ask for. Like in that season where I'm broken is peace. Like the first thing is like just peace for my mind and just stability because I just feel like your the mind is is everything. Like everything that attacks me, it always comes to the mind first. So that's why I draw I draw on God's peace to get me through when I'm broken and get me through my season. Amen. Amen. Big lights, not little. How about you, sister? <laughs> yeah, I'm a mess of it. Literally, when you said that, the example that came to my mind is when I'm in church and I'm at the altar, or even if I'm in my seat, and I know that I need God to do something for me in that moment, or I need I need to feel his presence, I need him to wrap his arms around me, basically. I feel like when you're worshiping, God builds you up. It's like a... And the more you go, the more he builds. The more you go, the more he builds. And literally, physically... When I'm in that mode, I'm t- I'm crying and I start out down here. I'm like this, bent over, right? And the more I go, the more I worship, the more I feel and allow God to heal me and build me up. By the end of it, I'm like this, praising God that way. And it's I see myself doing it because I do it all the time. That's how it happens to me all the time. But that just speaks to the literal of him lifting me up as I worship. Like, it's like. My worship edifies who he is, and he continues to just raise me higher until, you know, I reach him. Yeah, I like that. Can you um, ask the question again? The strength. <clears throat> what strength do you get 
and worshiping Jesus like while you're broken? Um, well, something that I truly believe is sometimes you have to break down before you can break free. Mm. And so I experienced that recently as I was open and transparent with my brother passing. That was kind of like on the top of every other thing that was going wrong. I needed that to finally break because sometimes we want to remain strong. We want to keep going in the way that, okay, I got all of this to do. I got to just, I got to carry it on me. I got to carry it on me. But when my brother passed, instead of trying to be strong, I had to break. And it was in that place of confessing with my mouth that I am low right now. And I mean low. It was then that God came in and he lifted me up like how you said. Mm -hmm. It was in that that humility. I like to call it humility. And I think it's one of the biggest things and one of the best places to live in. That's why he says that he will resist the proud and exalt the humble. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. we live in a place of humility, yeah. we call it a state of brokenness, but I look at it as more as whole. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to get back to being whole. Because sometimes I think when we think of broken, it kind of puts people in that victim and wanting to always shrink. But yeah, that's a little bit of my tidbit on how I see it. Hmm. That's amazing. <clears throat> I don't know why, but like the, the um, y'all know about the story about the 12 year old girl that got raised up from the dead? In the back, where? The, you seen the switching to my eye? Let me know. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. Oh, I, <laughs> but no. um, I forgot where it was at, but basically, like it was, it was a story. Somebody's I forgot the people's names in the Bible, but somebody's daughter had died, and like um, people were in the room, like they they were like in the room with the girl, basically while she was dead. They was touching her, like basically mourning off of her, and like Jesus came in the room, and like everybody left because like they thought it was over. Like they didn't really know like the power in Jesus. You know what I'm saying? So they kind of left out the room. And, you know, I mean, Jesus ended up touching the girl, reviving her, saving her, bringing her back to life, bringing her back whole. And um, it's kind of like, for me, I would say, like, um, I've seen a lot of people kind of like give up on me, kind of leave. You know what I mean? Trying to kind of basically like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just forgot about me in a sense. But I know, like, the strength I got is like, I know Jesus is coming. Like, I know that Jesus is a, can restore me. I know the power in Jesus. I know that Jesus can, can raise me up. You know what I mean? It's raised me up to be somebody who he's calling me to be. So, but yeah, that was, that just hit my spirit. I don't know why. But. Like a Lazarus moment. Yeah. yeah when know. everybody said it was dead yeah, and yeah, he yeah. said, wait for it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay, now. You sent it to me? Shout out to our tech team, man. Oh, the notes? Yeah, question. Yeah, I, I think I've heard that. You think you heard it? Yeah. Well, I know I've heard it because I remember. I know what you're talking about. It's Mark 5, 21 through 43. Yeah. Oh. That'll be something we can touch on. Last part. The gift in being broken. The gift in being broken. How do you feel about that? <laughs> can I change my narrative real quick? Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I know that this series is about brokenness, mm-hmm. but I've been broken for a long time. Right. And my narrative now is that God wants me whole. Right. 
And when I understand that he wants me whole, I acknowledge the fact that in order to get whole, I had to be broken down. Mm-hmm. I had to be like how he says that I am the potter and you're the clay and I'll do as I please with this clay. If he wants to smash it and start all over, he definitely will. And I give him all free will to do that. Mm-hmm. But right now, I want to take on the narrative that God wants me whole. And because... Broken has been my story for a long time, mm-hmm. but I realized in order for this next level and this next chapter of what God wants me to do is he wants me to raise up some gener- a generation that's willing to walk in wholeness, mm-hmm. that's willing to run this actual race. Mm-hmm. It takes courage. It takes going through the process of being pruned, being rejected, of being all of the things that we look at when we say that word, whatever connotations come to your head. But all of that is to get you to a place that that original design, I don't believe they were ever going to be perfect. It's like Paul said, I don't consider myself to have arrived. Right, right. But this one thing that I do, forgetting all that lies behind and reaching for the things that are ahead, that takes Mm -hmm. courage. And I like to believe that God is making me whole. I like that you just said that. I like that. Yeah, I I love that. I I know for me, my whole thing was um, dealing with lust. Mm. You know what I'm saying? And having them sexual urges, right? And going and doing them to having them urges and then having the power and the dominion to say no. Like, that's where I'm at with it now. And and like you said, like, God is kind of raising up a generation where, like, things are going to look completely different Mm -hmm. because it's people that's really, like, really, like, leaning on God, really leaning on the word, really getting back to that, I got to be righteous, I got to be whole, I got to, you know what I mean, Make sacrifices. So I think that I, I just want to touch on what you just said. I definitely think we cannot neglect holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not the most popular talked about thing because right. we like to make space for grace to abound even the more. But I think that as we mature, you're right. There comes a place where you step into a different level of authority and dominion. Mm-hmm. And he says, be holy for I am holy. Mm-hmm. That is a standard of which he's raising you to wholeness. So I like that you made that point that once I had these thoughts and these ideas and I did it, now I can have the thought and the idea, but I walk in power and authority and I say no. And that's going to be a reoccurring theme over every sin that God presents for you to overcome. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like my wholeness is coming from me walking and living in my truth. Yes. Um, I think that one of my, I don't want to call it a personality trait, but I think that one of my more negative traits is the fact that I'm so secretive. (laughs) Sorry. It's the fact that I'm so secretive. And with me being secretive, I'm uh, holding all of my feelings about the things that I'm doing, the things that I'm seeing, the things that I'm experiencing. And not only does that not help me, it don't help nobody else. And if I'm called to be an evangelist, then my story and my testimony has to mean something. And if it means something, that means it has to get out. And that means that I have to walk in my truth. And that takes, for me, that takes courage, bravery beyond what I can explain. Because I don't want people to see me as this or see me as that. I want, I want people to see me how I want them to see me. Yeah. But God wants people to see me how he needs them to see me so that he can get the glory through my life. Yeah. And so for me, walking in my truth is what's making me whole because I feel 
I've shared a few things over this past weekend with a, a lot of different people. And it's things that I would have never told anybody. And I feel like I feel so free mm. knowing yes. that that's not something I got to hold on to yes. or, uh, you know, kind of shrink in the room when it come up. Mm. Because through my truth, his name is being glorified. And he said, one of the scriptures that I've been meditating on is, uh, dang, why can't I get the name? But he said, come out from among them. Be separated and touch nothing unclean. And what that looks like for me is really stripping away the things that I know is not of God that I was making excuses for. Yeah. And it's more than just grace. Like, literally, I was making excuses like, well, I'm 22 and I'm doing this and, you know, I'll get there. But no, I'm there now. Mm. He's called me to be there now. So I'm going through my closet. Guess what? Some of them clothes got to go. Some of them boys got to go. Really, all of them. Oh, my God. The roster, they're blocked. Got to go. Got to go. We not doing it. Come out from among them. Be separated. I can't. Preach this, do this, and then still be in the midst of all the things I'm trying to be free from. So I think my wholeness comes from walking in my truth and and not being afraid to share it. That takes courage. A lot of courage to own your story, your whole story. I mean, the whole truth. And I can definitely relate to that. Um, I'm writing an ebook right now, and there's a part of my story that I have not been public with. I have not shared. There's probably four people in this whole world who knows this part of my journey (laughs) because the the, the thought of it would cause me anxiety. And I know that God has been calling me. Like one of my friends said, when you finally get the courage basically to own that part of your story, you think where you are right now, you're going to be lifted higher. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it in my book. And I, when I wrote out just a, a line that gave a glimpse into that part I'm afraid, low-key, but I know I have to own it, and one day I, I, I will. One day I definitely will. Small steps. It's a little piece in the book that's going to go, hmm. Mm. <laughs> hmm. How about you, Lex? What about you? I thought yeah. I touched on it. Oh, you did? Mm-hmm. You're talking oh, you all there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. On the gift of being broken? Yeah. Um, I would say I'm still figuring that out if I'm being very transparent mm-hmm. because I feel like I'm broken now, honestly. Hmm. Yeah, so I feel like I'm still figuring out what what's the end for me. I mean, even though I know, like, you know, they say in the end you got victory and all God's promises, but... I really feel like there's times where I'm just in it by myself mm. and like I don't feel God's presence. Mm. And I feel like that's where I am when I say I'm broken and it's something that I have to, you know, that's a journey for like I have to go through with God, right. helping me figure out what what's the gift out of this, like what. What's the reward out of being broken? What, like, the beauty that I can really see that that comes from being broken? And that's why I, like, really like that you started off with this as the first episode. Because this is really, like, what I'm going through right now. Trying you know to, what I want you to do? 
I want you to, one, I feel like you're waiting for something to happen. You're waiting for, when you say you feel alone, first of all, God wants you separated. Whenever he plans to do something big for you, he has to separate you from the things that you're experiencing, the people that you're around, because he needs you separated. Because he needs you, he needs to have you by yourself so he can do what he wants to do in you and not what you want, not what your mama wants, not what your friends want, what he wants. You have to be by yourself for that. Second, you're waiting to feel his presence, but he's always there. So that when you get that in your mind, you don't have to wait for a feeling. You don't have to wait for his spirit because his spirit is within you. And you and and that's just a that's what that's what we mean when we say get back to the original you. Because his spirit is always in you and he's always there. Like right now he's in this room. Yeah. Right now he's sitting right next to you. Do you know that takes the knowing and it's not about a feeling? Mm-hmm. We lean on a feeling, right. but I believe that this is going to be a part of your reward. And I know that it's going to be so much more expensive, mm-hmm. but I know a huge part of that is God wants to shift you out of a place where mm-hmm. I need to feel right. versus I know. I know. Because when you know something, that's when it gets in your heart. That's when it starts renewing your mind. That's when old thought patterns and questions and things that you've had become settled. I now know that his word literally tells me he will never leave nor forsaken me. So I can sit in the moments where it doesn't feel like it, but I'll rest in the fact that the truth is he's here. That's going to be a good reward for you. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's probably going to be so much more expensive to add to it. She said, I want you to ask yourself and be so honest. You don't have to say it on here, but be so honest. What are you, what do you desire? Mm -hmm. What do you want? And really sit with that. Like just sit with it. And ask her where he is. Ask him, where are you? Go, where are you? And he's going to be like, right here, <laughs> waiting for you, for real, for real, mm-hmm. so we can get working. He said, lean not to your own understanding. Your own understanding is your feelings, but in all your ways, acknowledge me. He'll make your path straight. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yeah, Proverbs. And yeah, keep knocking. Yeah. Whoever, like, I, I've been in that space so many times, mm-hmm. and I just know that one of the beautiful things that I always tell anybody, anybody who I mentor, I literally, the first thing I tell them is, rule number one is you don't quit. Right. You don't give up because on this journey, you will go through so many highs and lows. It's almost like when you come into this walk, it's like the chaos gets turned up a little bit. No, not even a little mm-hmm. bit, a lot more. Mm-hmm. But that's really like it's something beautiful about it. And it's only that your story is going to reveal those answers to you. That's within you and that's between you and God. So I don't want to try to be that answer. Mm-hmm. But I will. I just want to encourage you that in that truth, though. Kind of lost what I was saying, but there we go. <laughs> but no, no, that was great. We needed that. Oh uh, I would definitely say, Alexis, like, definitely lean on them. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, we're here for yeah, you. Yeah, say and such. Like, we we tight, like, off camera as well. You know what I'm oh saying? My. Like, I've been vulnerable with these guys. Like, they know things that I, I didn't really tell anybody else. So definitely, like, lean on them because they've been where you've been. You know what I mean? And they've got the experience, they got the knowledge and the wisdom. All right, I got you. But that's it. Anybody got any last words? Nope. <laughs> I thought she was ready to say so. <laughs> but this has been another episode of Saved and Such under the Being Broken series. Um, take it all the way. Successful. Successful. This was better than I ever imagined. God blew my mind tonight. But you can follow us on all streaming platforms at S-A-V-E-D-N-S-U-C-H. We, we appreciate y'all, man, for liking, subscribing, sharing. We're going to continue to keep going, man. Love y'all. Amen. Peace. Yeah. Peace.